Sunday is the UN's International Mother Language Day. In observance of it, the Council of Indigenous Peoples held a conference over the weekend to recognize outstanding efforts in resuscitating Formosan languages. Both President Tsai Ing-wen and Premier Su Zhenchang took part and handed out awards. The conference also offered simultaneous interpretations of six languages, a first for a government-organized event. To mark International Mother Language Day, the Council of Indigenous Peoples held a summit on Indigenous language development. Council head Yichang Parud gave the opening remarks in Amis, the most widely spoken Formosan language. As the origin of Austronesian languages, Taiwan has a diversity of languages and that is the most beautiful gift we can give to the world. Let us endeavour to promote tribal tongues. Part of the conference was an awards ceremony for achievements in resuscitating Formosan languages. Both President Tsai Ing-wen and Premier Su Chang stopped by to hand out the awards this year. The event also offered simultaneous interpretation with six languages, including Mandarin, English, Amis, Paiwan and others. With simultaneous interpretations, the indigenous people are more inclined and have the opportunity to use their own tribal languages when they participate. It's like in many United Nations. In the UN, there are at most five languages being interpreted, and here we have more than six languages. The councillor spared no effort to promote tribal languages so that the most precious linguistic assets of Taiwan may be preserved. The first batch of 200,000 doses of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine will arrive in Taiwan this week. Frontline medical personnel will be prioritized to get their jabs in March at the earliest. However, there have been reports of side effects, including headaches and fever in some European countries after medical workers received the AstraZeneca vaccine. Parts of Sweden have already temporarily suspended use of the drug and France is not recommending it for the elderly. Here in Taiwan, medical experts have weighed in on the situation. If you have the option to choose better medical protection, everyone will want it, of course. Now, it seems that with the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, generally everyone is saying that you just get tired for a day or two, so that is more acceptable to everyone. But with the AstraZeneca vaccine, the reports from Europe say it's painful and you will have to take a few days off. This kind of discomfort will make everyone fearful. We have done some surveying in the nation and around two-thirds of people are willing to get a coronavirus vaccine. So roughly one-third of people do not plan on getting a vaccination. AstraZeneca's side effects are mainly fever, headache and soreness. These kinds of inflammatory reactions are actually not adverse reactions that endanger health, so they should be considered just mild reactions. CECC Chief Chen Shizhong said nobody will be forced to get vaccinated and that the CECC has always put science at the forefront. It seems that only Sweden and France are limiting the use of the drug at present and the CECC will keep a close eye on the situation. 
National Policy Advisor to the President Huang Quinbing passed away on Saturday at the age of 93. Endearingly referred to as Uncle Quinbing, Huang, his wife, and two other farmers from Tainan's Hobi Township became celebrities of sorts with the release of the documentary Let It Be in 2004. The film depicting the hardships and optimism of Taiwan's peasants won both audiences' hearts and subsequently awards. President Tsai and Vice President Lai took to social media Saturday to remember everyone's beloved uncle. When he found out about the passing of his old friend, despite having trouble walking, Uncle Wenlin wasted no time as he rushed over to pay his respects. Uncle Wenlin was one of the farmers in the film. Well, I talk to Hong Kong oil. I'm feeling a lot of pain. The three of us were so close, yet they've both left me. They were advanced in age and it was time to go. Featured alongside Huang, Uncle Wenlin lamented the passing of two of the four farmers featured in the award-winning documentary. Considered the most well-known farmer in Taiwan, Huang was a national policy advisor to the president. On Saturday, he died in his home after succumbing to illness at the age of 93. His real name was Huang Kunbing. This footage of him singing is the last time audiences saw him before he was admitted to hospital. <laughs> Huang became a household name after the release of the documentary Let It Be. Born in 1929 in Holby, Tainan, the lifelong farmer took the top prize at a rice growing competition in 2005. He set up a fund with the NT dollar one million prize money to promote Taiwan's agriculture. In 2016, President Tsai asked him to be her policy advisor. Never one to beat around the bush, Huang said yes and had since been giving his candid advice when it came to agricultural issues. His political stance was just as sharp. If Premier Lai can just wait around for four years, after those four years the presidency will be his. Just like what Tokugawa Ieyasu said, in order to gain the world, you must wait. During the heated competition between Tsai and Lai in the days leading up to the DPP presidential primary, Huang made it clear that Lai should wait a while. After the formation of the Tsai-Lai ticket, Huang, a nonagenarian, served as the national director of Friends of Tsai in agriculture, forestry, fishery and animal husbandry. Everyone could see his lifelong dedication to Taiwan's agriculture. Once we found out about his passing, I told his family to restrain their grief and take care of themselves. Uncle Kunbing's passing left many politicians in mourning. In a Facebook post, President Tsai put up a photo of herself with her former advisor, saying he was kind, outgoing and had a deep love and clear principles when it came to agriculture in this land. Vice President Lai, in turn, put up a picture of him and everyone's beloved uncle, planting rice seedlings together in a rice paddy. He said Uncle Kunbing's dedication to the land and his down-to-earth work ethic will live in people's hearts forever. 
Following a military coup in Myanmar in early February, a China Airlines flight dispatched to rescue stranded Taiwanese expats returned to Taiwan this afternoon with 82 Taiwanese on board. The returnees said Myanmar is currently very chaotic. Workers in all industries are on strike and tests for COVID are not possible. According to Taiwan government's public health regulations for winter, each of the 82 were required to undergo home quarantine with one person per household. Among them, 28 were unable to supply a negative test result for COVID, and they were required to be tested at their own expense after they enter Taiwan's border. China Airlines will conduct two more evacuation flights on March 14th and 28th. According to Taiwan's representative office in Myanmar, there are still around 1,000 Taiwanese expats in the Southeast Asian country, most of whom live in Yang'an. For those of us who still have videotapes, time is running out if you want to digitize that content. Experts worldwide agree that by the year 2025, it will become much harder to digitize videotape content due to the degradation of the magnetic tape, the dis- disappearance of the playback systems, and the retirement of engineers who know how to work with this obsolete technology. Ahead of 2025, a group of film enthusiasts is racing the clock to digitize the home videos of private citizens. This group from Tainan National University of the Arts is traveling the country to teach people how to archive their audiovisual memories before it's too late. Here's our Sunday special report. Dress for War, the Taiwanese opera actors spur their horses and race across the countryside. Released in 1956, this film in Taiwanese caused a sensation nationwide. It's called Xue Ping Gui and Wang Baochuan. The film was screened for 24 days, selling more than one million tickets. Once it came off the silver screen, its master tape was stored in improper conditions and lost a time. But some 60 years later, in 2013, a cinematography expert discovered a Hakka-language copy of the film in Miaoli and decided to screen the film once again. We were very lucky with the film Xue Pinggui and Wang Baochuan. Had we found it a year or two later, it would have been damaged beyond repair. Besides being a documentary director, Zheng Jixian is a professor at Tainan National University of the Arts. Over the past few years, he's taken students all over the island to find audiovisual records of Taiwan's heritage. They ventured into old residences, ruins, and abandoned theaters in their search for discarded film reels. It's a physically demanding task. Once found, the videotapes are taken back to the university where the restoration magic begins. Making the film visible again requires both strength and patience. After the reels are recovered, every smudge on the tape must be carefully brushed off by hand. I have to judge whether it will play smoothly or not. This tape is twisted over here, so when you scan the image, it will appear distorted. 
After the physical restoration is complete, the tapes are digitized. Then, on the computer, the images are digitally remastered. Remastering old film has become increasingly common in recent years. Today, this work is more urgent than ever, especially for old home videos that were made in the 1980s and 1990s. According to UNESCO, the year 2025 marks the 50th anniversary of magnetic tape. Because magnetic tape degrades, 2025 is a judgment day of sorts, after which it will become very difficult to recover content held on magnetic medium. Magnetic tapes have a lifespan, so when the time comes, the tape will lose magnetism. The second thing is an issue with the video players. The machines aren't made in factories anymore, so we should prioritize videotapes. Today, we're joining the video restoration team on a mission to a bowling alley about to close down in Tainan's Xinying district. Wow, In one corner of the bowling alley, we find a five-ping karaoke booth packed with old karaoke machines and more than 1,000 videos of backing tracks. The 90s were the golden age of bowling in Taiwan. To keep people spending money all day long, the owner of this bowling alley opened 18 karaoke booths so that patrons could sing in between knocking down pins. It's been more than 20 years since we last turned on the system. It broke down and we didn't feel like turning it on again. We thought they had no use, so we considered throwing them out. For 28 years now, the bowling alley has seen business decline as bowling and karaoke are slowly replaced by other pastimes. All these backup tracks were destined to be thrown away. Fortunately, the repair squad snatched them just in time. Every generation thinks their things don't matter. Currently, the medium that's becoming obsolete is DVDs. Every family thinks, we have so many DVDs, we should chuck them. So they throw them away. But 20 years later, when you watch a DVD, you'll think that they're precious. Commercial videotapes lend insight into the entertainment industry of the past. But what about home videos? Are they also worth saving? Over the 1980s, the standard of living in Taiwan improved, allowing many families to purchase their own camcorder to record their daily lives. For example, this moment from a Mother's Day party. Family and friends sit around a meal to celebrate with the elderly matriarch. Or this video of the whole family getting together to celebrate an unforgettable wedding. Of course, some families also use camcorders to document their children growing up. These home videos give glimpses into the daily lives of normal people. They may not be technically polished, but in the eyes of experts, each is an irreplaceable treasure. Home videos can show an outing at some beach resort that no longer exists. Even if the footage is shaky and it's not professional, it shows what the place was like before it disappeared. Of course, we believe this type of historical footage is very important. We 
We've seen videos of marriages from which we can discover banquet culture. The footage shows you banquet culture. You have to restore and research the tape to better understand its contents. It allows us to better understand what daily life was like back then. We're in Tainan's Xuejiaciji Temple, built more than 300 years ago for the god Baoshen Dadi. It's the local center of religion. We're guided to a storage space in the temple. A cabinet is open to reveal film roll containers covered in dust. It took the restoration task force several months to repair their contents. The results are astonishing. The tape reels that had been locked away for years show a grand festival in 1983. That year, performers from all over Taiwan gathered outside the temple to take part in a parade that stretched for kilometers. Decades later, a celebration of this scale has not been seen again. The footage shows performance arts that have been lost to time. Fortunately, a swift rescue operation has allowed these celebrations to live on in the collective memory of Xuejia residents. Through watching the film, we rediscovered some traditional folk arts that have been lost. We worked to see how we could recover them, so we proactively reached out to local heads in other temples. Today, we have restored about seven parade formations. Projectors and old media players have been gradually made obsolete by digital media, leaving family memories and historical moments unwatched in their cases. The film rescue team currently only has 20 members. How can they recover all of Taiwan's forgotten films? This fan is how the Film Rescue Squad promotes its work. They've traveled with it all over Taiwan, teaching people how to fix videotapes. Gathering the tools is easy. All you need is a screwdriver, some cotton buds, alcohol, and a microfiber cloth. To get started, open up the case and slowly clean the tape of any moldy spots. One of the worst things that could happen is discovering the roll is stuck together. The main problem we encounter is when it's too late to fix it and when they are thrown away because of mold or whatever. After 2025, the tapes might have lost all magnetism. They weren't made for long-term storage. If the video players are not produced anymore anywhere in the world or if no one can repair the machines, the content will be lost forever. So we're in a fight against time. Besides instructing people on how to save the tapes, the rescue team owners also help tape owners store the videos in a digital format. The participants in these activities come from near and far to give video restoration a shot. Many bring their own videotapes along. When we graduated, we took formal headshots. We recorded bits from when we took the headshots to the graduation ceremony. The video player broke down and it's already obsolete, so there's no way for me to watch the videos again. Sometimes our memories can get a bit hazy and it's quite easy for us to forget things. You might need something that can help you recall these beautiful memories. In Taiwan, film restoration and digitalization started taking off in 2005 but most experts use their skills to restore and archive old movies and news reports. 
Currently, only the team from TNNUA focuses on home video restoration, but they say their funds and manpower are limited. We urge the public sector to really pay attention to this, because here we need a lot of people and resources. The government is doing a lot of cultural preservation, spending tens of millions or hundreds of millions in the regeneration of historic sites project. For me, none of that can compare with the work we do here. There are very few people who can do this. Teaching the concept to people, affecting change, and building a national database, that's an enormous cultural undertaking. The team is trying to train more people to restore videos to ensure the audiovisual treasures of Taiwan are kept for the ages. Next time you're cleaning out your storage, think twice before throwing out old videotapes, which can contain invaluable images of the past.